You're listening to Polycyclones from the Political Science Department at Iowa State University, a podcast that explores the wide variety of ways our alumni and students are making a difference. Welcome to Polycyclones, and I am Alex Tuckness, Chair of the Political Science Department at Iowa State. And on this episode, we're going to talk about political science as a path toward a career in business with John Holcomb. So John started off doing political science research and ended up starting a successful company that did market research in Latin America. And John is receiving the 2023 Outstanding Alumni Achievement Award from the Department of Political Science. So John, thanks for being on the podcast. Alex, thanks for having me. So John, how did you get interested in politics? Well, you know, I was I started out at Iowa State in engineering. I always had an interest in politics, but I thought I'd be an aerospace engineer like my dad, but I couldn't get through physics. So I ended up switching to political science and I had a double major with economics because um, I, I always liked numbers and stats. So that got me into politics per se and the study of politics. Uh, although I'm not a fan of politics, I, I actually got myself elected to the village council in Coconut Grove, Florida for three years. And it was one of my least favorite experiences of my life. So I'm an active politician. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, some people can like politics without wanting to actually be politicians. Exactly. That's actually not, not uncommon, I think, among our, our students. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you were kind of interested in politics. You took some, some classes at Iowa state that they got you more interested in it. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about some of the experiences you had while you were a student uh, studying politics at Iowa state. Well, we had, I think it was probably Dr. Piro, Ellen Piro that got me interested. It might've been Stefan Schmidt. I probably took a class with them early on freshman year and enjoyed the class and the discussions and um, had a particular interest that developed uh, in Latin America. And, you know, the department allowed me to kind of pursue that and study that at the time, every, it was the height of the cold war in the, in the eighties and everybody was you know, kind of focused on criminology and, and Europe and, and the hotspots in the cold war. But, you know, Latin America was interesting. I had a, a girlfriend at the time from Puerto Rico. and uh, She got me into speaking Spanish and thinking about the region. So I was able to pursue some of that. And, you know, it took varying courses and times. And I also managed to become the president of the political science club for a little while. So that was fun. Um, but we had, you know, lots of opportunities in Iowa with the caucuses and speakers coming to campus to go and listen to candidates and listen to, uh, you know, people running for election, active senators. Uh, I remember being, you know, intrigued by a lot of those discussions that we attended. And then you also had the opportunity to go out and caucus. So that was fun as well. Good. So while you were at Iowa State, you actually got a chance while you were still a student to participate in a, in a research project with Dr. Pirro. So what was, what was that like? Well, Dr. Pirro, Ellen had a company, she had a market research company and she had a program, one of the very first of its kind, I would imagine that it ran on the, on the, uh, 
the mainframe up at the University of Minnesota, and it was a context, contextual analysis program. And so she used it to analyze the data from, from qualitative research, from focus groups and, and in-depth interviews. And so she asked me and a friend of mine, Mark Baranowski, to come and work with her at the company part-time. I believe it was my junior year. Um, and so we helped out. I attended my first focus group in 19, I don't know, 83, I guess it was. Or no, I graduated from maybe 80, 87 down in Des Moines, uh, you know, on behalf of her, her company. And so we, Mark and I would type up the, uh, the transcripts from the focus groups and, and, save them on floppy disks and the floppy disks were shipped up to uh, the university of Minnesota. And then the, the textual analysis came back on, on Greyhound bus on paper. And, and we used that to write up the report. So that was my first exposure to, you know, marketing research uh, of its, of uh, that kind. Yeah. So, so that, that, yeah, that's really interesting. So, so, you know, in political science, there's a variety of different, research techniques people use, but one of them is things like going out and putting focus groups together and then doing more statistical analysis and coding and various other kinds of things to try to figure out what you can extrapolate from the data you're gathering through those focus groups, right? So you were learning a little bit about that as, as an undergrad. And then what's interesting, right, is that eventually transitions into becoming a whole, a whole career for you, right? Yeah. So you Mm -hmm. You know, after you graduated, you did uh, a master's degree in Latin American studies, as well as one in applied economics. But then instead of staying in academia, uh, you decided to go into the business world and use some of these same techniques uh, to try to help companies do market research, uh, you know, kind of fusing together your interest in the methods part with your interest in, in Latin America. So for our listeners, try to give them a sense of like, what was it like doing market research in Latin America, right? So what, what would the process look like when you were, were doing that? Well, early on, you know, we're, we're, I'm an analog guy, Gen X, so we're talking pre-internet. We had to go much like they used to do all over the world, door to door. Uh, and when I first started in, in Latin America, I was in Tijuana, Mexico, and we were doing cable TV demand studies. And so we had census maps of Tijuana, which was quite small at the time. Now it's, it's quite large. Um, it was a small city, tourist city. And we would go door to door. We would use census tract methodologies to randomly pick blocks uh, within the city and then go to a random point within that block. And then you would go door to door. So you were, we were emulating you know, pollsters like Gallup and, and people that, um, and the census, the U.S. census used to do it like that too. So we were emulating those types of quantitative methodologies to to get data sets in Latin America from, from residents and homeowners, um, which was tough in Latin America. Culturally, it's, it's quite different, as you can imagine. That, uh, you know, there's a inside the family closeness and an outside the family distance. And so strangers knocking on your door uh, is not something that's that's uh, normal even today. 
And when we did qualitative research, we had to work through uh, people who, you know, we called recruiters and what they were, were really connectors uh, of their time and, and were people who had large social networks uh, and a big Rolodex of, of contacts, right? So if we wanted to do a focus group on people who had a a credit card of a certain brand, for example, and we needed to talk to 21 people. Let's say we were doing three focus groups of seven people. Um, they would help us find the people who would be qualified if there were product usage requirements or brand usage requirements or socioeconomic demographic criteria that had to be met. They would help us fill up those groups and then we would show up and, and conduct them. Oftentimes, Early on, there wasn't a lot of focus group facilities, so we would do it in hotel lobbies. We would do them in people's living rooms, um, where have you, and rent a salon somewhere, rent a restaurant off hours, um, and, and conduct the, the interviews that way. But it was interesting early. You know, today, everything's done through panel sample on the Internet, and we don't know if they're real people or not. That's that's part of the big problem right now in market research. But early on in Latin America, it was a lot of fun. I I traveled. Everything was in person. You know, you, you would go to you'd go to Guatemala City or you'd go to Buenos Aires, and you would go to uh, open air market or plaza, one of the you know the central city plazas, and intercept people. And that was another method that we used quite. A quite frequently where you just people passing by ask them if they have five, 10 minutes to take a survey and offer them some kind of small incentive, a couple bucks or something like that. So, but it got me out all over the region. And I think I mentioned to you, there's no place I haven't been except for the Guyanas and Suriname and Latin America. Wow. So yeah, so you're, you're, you're traveling literally all over uh, Latin America, visiting lots of different cities in each place, trying to figure out how to connect with uh, someone local who is more trusted and has networks and can help you get together a representative sample of the kind of people you need to interview. And then you've mm-hmm. got to put a focus group together and know how to ask the right questions to try to elicit the kinds of responses. Then you get data from that, and you've got to analyze it and try to figure out what you can learn from that to, to pay on to whoever's hired you to uh, to do the research. Which again, to me, is just fascinating because it's it's so similar to what many political scientists, like a political scientist who studies Latin American politics, could do exactly the same things, right? Only the goal would be getting a focus group together to learn more about you know Brazilian political parties or something like that, right? So, yeah, so the methods, the methods are identical. I mean, we had yeah. to. We had to take quantitative methods at, at Iowa State when I was an undergrad, and I probably had the same attitude that a lot of people, a lot of a lot of students have. You know, like why do we have to take this thing? And I didn't really put it together until I was at the University of Minnesota in a doctoral program, and uh, I had a research assistantship at the Center for Social Survey Research, and that's where I really got into quantitative methodologies and and doing surveys. Um, And, you know, those two very, I don't know, random experiences just became the basis of my resume. 
And because I had those experiences with Ellen Pirro working in qualitative and at the Center for Social Survey Research in Minnesota doing the quantitative surveys, I had a basis to apply for jobs in that in that field, um, whereas my other work experiences were tending bar and painting houses and picking up garbage or picking corn. Um, so those two things gave me a, a real foundation uh, that I think even at that time I didn't realize was going to become a 30 year career, but it did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, like uh, a little side note, we actually have just uh, this year introduced a new uh, qualitative methods class. So now students are actually going to have a choice. They can either do qualitative or quantitative uh, methods as part of their political science degree. So you, uh, your, your career in this area has been very successful. So you worked as a uh, vice president focusing on Latin America for a company, um, worked in strategic planning and research uh, direction. And then uh, you uh, were a founder of Insights Marketing Group, right? And so that was, you know, getting to own your own business and it was very successful. You know, you were able to uh, grow that from a pretty small operation to, to start off with to, to something larger. Yeah. So one of the things I'd be curious to know is if, if you were talking to someone who's listening to this, maybe a, a current student who is interested in going into business, or maybe they're interested in global engagement kinds of issues, obviously, you know, with your Latin American focus, it's a very kind of global sort of concept. What pieces of advice would you give to someone who has interests in business or in, in global issues? You've got to get out and, you know, find the internship, find the, the job, the temporary part-time job, volunteer um, as much as you can get into different things and try different things out. I didn't, like I said, I didn't know market research was going to become my career. I didn't understand that until much later. Um, but when you try new things, you, you find out you might like different aspects of business. Obviously, as political scientists, uh, you could go into marketing or market research, but it's you're not going to end up in accounting or finance, for example, because you're not studying in that field. So you understand that business, the functions of business may not, everything may not be available to you, but certainly if you're interested in entrepreneurship, you know, go work with a startup and experience that. And if you're interested in marketing, get, get an internship with an ad agency or something like that. Um, and global issues, I mean, it might be harder to, to access, but it's the same philosophy, get out there and yeah. Well, you know, and one of the things I think is, is really helpful in what you said is uh, it's really hard when you're 19 to be able to just like look inside yourself and know exactly what you're going to do for the next 30 years. Right. And that often people kind of stumble into things and that's more common than not. Right. And so by getting out there and just trying different internships, trying different things and getting different kinds of experiences, uh, sometimes you find out you're good at something you didn't know you were good at, or you find out there are opportunities out there you didn't know even existed. But if students have the, the courage to go out there and be willing to, to try some new things, try to get some different kinds of experiences, it can help them both develop skills and things on the resume that help them get, get future opportunities. But also, it's a kind of trial and error process of trying to figure out what they're good at and and what kind of opportunities they might have. So I think you know, I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah. 
If you're studying political science and you're not going to become a politician or be an academic, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going right, to be yeah. working somewhere in some field. So, um, you know, pick a field that has a skill set that's adjacent to what you're learning in political science, and you can apply that. Qualitative and qualitative, qualitative and quantitative research methodologies are applicable just about anywhere in any field. So, uh, they're important skills. Yeah. Well, John, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, talk to us today. You know, congratulations on uh, an excellent career uh, that you've had. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for having me, Alex. Thank you for listening to this episode. Views expressed are not necessarily those of Iowa State University or the Department of Political Science. If you have ideas for topics or guests for future episodes, or if you want to share your thoughts, email polycyclones, that's P-O-L-I-C-Y-C-L-O-N-E-S, at iastate.edu.